Banner, banner. Whoa, what's happening, people? Guess what? I'm jacked. I'm totally jacked because it's what? Yes, draft week. Everybody in their mother, brother, next door neighbors got mocks flying around. Everyone on the planet it says, we're doing this, we're doing that. Everybody's fighting, hugging, kissing. It's it's a week where it's like euphoria. What's that old Ghostbusters thing? Cats and dogs living together, fire and brimstone. That's what this week is all about. It's absolutely craziness. We got a great show for you. Uh, as always, we'd like to thank the sponsor, Astroflav. They're good to us. So please support them. You need collagen. You need weight loss. You need protein. You need you know, amino acids. Uh, they'll ship it right to your house. They do have five stores in New Jersey, but of course, astroflave.com is the best way to get it um, if you're trying to lose weight. Like me, as an old broken athlete, I use it as meal replacement. So check out astroflave.com. We love those cats over there. They always support us. And of course, we were live from the Isaiah Hodgins camp this past weekend, and Astroflave was on site giving away tons of uh, tubs of protein. So bang, cheers to Astroflave. Great show. Uh, Brian Rascona from WFAN is here. We all know WFAN is the hub of sports in the region. So, you know, and I'm sure every single one of you has listened to the fan at some point. So uh, Brian and I have gotten kind of friendly over the last year, and I've been trying to get him on here to, you know, give us a little bit of what the heartbeat of, of Giants fans are, are, are thinking and saying, what they're calling in about. And, of course, I got Truth and I got Chris. I'm going to bring these guys in now. I'm going to be bringing Truth. Truth, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Chris? Well, you know what's going on. It's traffic. Why do you even have to ask me that question? I know. I know. I'm only like, what, 72 hours away. Yeah. And you know what's funny, Truth? It felt like it was so far away, right, when the season ended. And here we are. So um, we got a great show. Uh, Brian's here from WFN. Let's get, let's get Chris in here. Chris. Hey, Craig. Hey, Truth. Hey, guys. Hold on, Chris. You're not hey. going to ask me a question like, like what's up or what are you doing or how are you feeling? Are you slow just, week? Hey. We got a we got a slow week coming up. Not yeah, much exactly. happening. Right? There's nothing to talk about, right? <laughs> um, all right, guys. Look, I got Brian Rascona from WFAN. You guys have been asking me to get on someone from WFAN. Uh, I have come through, and what we love about Brian is he's a dude. Like he's a he's a regular guy who's a Giants fan who's like texting me on the side, and we're having these conversations and. You know, he does a he does a holds a lot of different roles, wears a lot of hats at WFAN. Uh, so let's bring in Brian because Brian's never hung out with, with the Rush crew before. So he's gonna be part of the family, I think, because he's gonna like us. And then, you know, of course, you know, once you start hanging out with us, who would you who else would you rather hang out with? Exactly. They don't want to hang out with Nikki. They don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> What's up, guys? How you doing? Listen, hey. just to, just to start it off, thanks for having me. I mean, I've been uh, like Craig said, I've been going back and forth with him for about a year now, and uh, we've been trying to work this out. And what better week than draft week, right? To to have me on and let's talk a little Giants football and. What's not to like with all these guys that are Giants fans in one room? I mean, we have to like each other. We're all Giants fans. We have no <laughs> choice. Heck right? Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. I never yeah. actually I never went out and had drinks with you guys yet, so I don't know, but for now we're all Giants fans and I love you. Listen, well, Definitely. we we don't, you know, care for what you ask for, Brian. We'll be we'll be I'll be on your I'll be like before the podcast's over, I'll be knocking on your uh, your front door with a with a 12 pack. You do have my address because you sent me the hoodie, so you do have my address. I do. I do. And, and thanks for rocking that. Um, of course. 
So, let, guys, let's start off here because uh, I was talking to Chris earlier today and Brian, of course, because he does this every day for a living. He might already be familiar with some of this. But I'm going to read you a list because Chris says to me a half hour ago, and of course I'm scrambling. Uh, and, but, and I see all you guys loading in the room, so I'll give you a quick shout out. Hey, Cold, I see you, Kevin. I see I see Darius. Uh, I see Daniel. I see you guys. I see Joe. I see you guys rolling in. Thanks for uh, tuning in for another episode. Love you guys. You always support the Rush crew. All right, gentlemen, half hour ago, Brian said, uh, Chris says to me, hey, Brian's coming on. Wouldn't it be cool if we knew who was drafted at the 25 spot over the last 10 years? And then he pulls <laughs> and he goes, yeah, it's probably too much work, so don't worry about it. Now, if you know me, I'm like, well, I got to find out who was drafted the last 10 years at 25. So I'm going to read a list and you tell me if this is quite, you're going to be shocked. This is who was picked in the draft. Number 25, the last 10 years. You ready? In 2000, I'm going to start off with 2018 because I couldn't get 2021 fast enough for you, Chris. Uh, but in 2018, it was tight end Hayden Hurst out of South Carolina went of course, to the Ravens, right? 2017 was Jabril Peppers, who was, uh, of course, a, a former Giant. Got drafted, of course, by Cleveland. 2016 was Artie Burns, who was a cornerback for Miami. Never really did that much. 2015 was Shaq Thompson, drafted out of Washington, who went to Carolina, was a good run, a linebacker. 2014 cornerback Jason Verrett. He, tore, he mm. went to the Chargers, but he tore his Achilles, so he didn't really have much of a career. Um, okay, here's where the nice run was. 2013, Xavier Rhodes, um, out of Florida State, drafted by the Vikings, was a pro bowler multi-time. 2012, uh, linebacker Dante Hightower, um, of course, from Alabama, uh, pro, of course, pro bowler, uh, multi-time pro bowler. 2011, James Carpenter, out of Alabama, old lineman, never really did that much. 2010, ready? Tim Tebow. Mm. <laughs> drafted at number 25, oh of course, to the Broncos. Uh, 2009, um, Bonte Davis, multi-time pro bowler for the Dolphins. 2008, cornerback uh, Mike Jenkins from Florida, from Dallas, tore his Achilles, never really had a career. 2007, ready? Another giant, ready? John Beeson, drafted by, of course, out of North Miami, went to the Panthers, yeah. had a great, great career, got hurt. Luke Keegley took his spot and never looked back. He became a giant. Last two, 2006, Santonio Holmes, Super Bowl MVP. And 2005, Jason Campbell. Why I find Jason Campbell so fun, and, and this is something for you, Brian, for your show, in case it comes up. Right. The pick after Aaron Rodgers was Jason Campbell. How about that? Yep. About that? yep. And, so and 2005, also, I remember that draft. I was at that draft when Aaron Rodgers fell that low, and everybody was just yeah. probably wondering when he was going to go. And then yep. he went late, and then Jason Campbell follows him. Okay. Yeah. So we all know he went to Washington. He was a pick after. So, so that's your uh, that's your list, uh, Chris. Since you asked me who got picked at 25, it's a Chris. Are you are you happy with that list? Like that's well, not a bad list. I mean, right, Brian? I mean, it's, it's just some good guys on there. There's a few, I would say duds, but yeah, Jason Campbell, right? But I, I, for the most part, not bad. 
I think the biggest one was Dante Hightower. I think, obviously, you see what he did in New England and how he just took that defensive over. And, and, you know, he came out of Alabama – you know, a guy, anybody plays any anywhere, if you're playing in Alabama and you're going to get drafted, you're obviously going to be a dynamic player. It's very few players are not, um, typically, unless you're a quarterback, right? I mean, the quarterbacks that can be coming out of Alabama recently haven't been great. But other than that, um, yeah, I mean, you get a position player like Dante Hightower and how he performed, absolutely. But just to fill in the blanks there, 2019 was Hollywood Brown at 25. Yeah. Thank and you. 20, 2020 was Brandon Ayuk. Oh, Okay. 2021, Travis Etienne, who, by the way, is on the uptick, I would say. And then number 25 was offensive lineman Tyler Linderbaum that Baltimore selected last year. And so so we we all know, truth, we've talked about this, that for the last seven years, the pick 25 has been traded out of. And if you go through this number, I mean, it's seven straight years of it being traded out of, 25 still turns in to be a good pick. Yeah. Or, or am I crazy? Right. I mean, there's some decent players on this list at 25. I think, I think when you look at the first round and every year at the NFL draft, I mean, you're going to have flops. It's just going to happen. There's too many players to be picked, obviously. But I think, I mean, you look over NFL drafts from past years and you say, wow, he was picked in the second round. Wow. He was picked in the third round. I mean, I, I think, I, I don't, I don't think we're discovering anything new here by saying what we're saying, but yes, the point is, at pick 25, you could get a stellar, stellar player to fit your franchise and fit your club, absolutely. All right. Well, then this one's going to go right to you, Brian, because it makes me cry when I think about it. So maybe you can <laughs> help me not jump off the roof. We don't want Craig to cry. No. Well, <laughs> they've, 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 these, they've, it's, he's seen it before. It wouldn't be a first time. Okay. But I'm going to put this up here because – Deshaun Jackson punt return, you were crying. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually – yeah, I definitely cried multi-days on that. Okay. But but drafting cornerbacks, Brian, um, what is the – listen, you got a lot of colleagues that are talking draft. you got a lot of Giants fans in the building or, or analysts that are talking about, you know, the draft. You know, you got Tiki in there. you got, you know, Brandon. We've had Brandon on the show, you know, um, last year. Okay. Like, corner is something the Giants need. It definitely is up there. Or even tell me as a fan, why do we suck at drafting corners? I mean, like, listen, I mean, the names off the top of my head read like this. Will Allen, Aaron Ross, Eli Apple, Prince Amukamura, and DeAndre Baker. Why do we suck at drafting corners? I think the two, I think the biggest two that stood out out of those names were obviously DeAndre Baker and um, Eli Apple. Eli Apple came on. His mom got into the mix talking about him. I mean, it just got, it was a total disaster. He kind of somewhat refound himself out in New Orleans. But I think those two names, Eli Apple and DeAndre Baker, were the two largest flops. I mean, you look at Will Allen's career. He had a stellar career with the Giants coming out of Syracuse, right? I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't a complete flop. He played no. like six, six years, six, seven years. And then he went out down to Miami. And he, he did well in Miami. He did well in Miami after they made a Super Bowl appearance in 2001 against the Ravens. Um, and I think he did well. He definitely did well in Miami. Another guy that I liked too was Prince of Mukamori. He just couldn't stay healthy. Um, yeah. He just couldn't stay healthy. I think he was halfway decent. And actually when he became healthy, he played better, and then he went and cashed in and went over to Chicago and played Chicago. halfway decent with the Bears as well. So um, I think the two gla- you know, glaring names on that list, obviously DeAndre Baker and um, – Eli. 
Yeah, and Brian, just to go off your point with Will Allen, what drove you crazy as a Giants fan is that he dropped so many interceptions, or yes. he would have been interceptions. So yep. he was a good cover guy, but he just, you know, oh, the hand just killed you. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't pick the ball off. Yeah, well, that's why he's a corner, right? Isn't that the old <laughs> joke? That's why he's a cornerback and not a wide yeah. receiver. But going yeah, back yeah. to the going back to the draft and drafting a corner. I mean, listen, Flott had a decent year. We picked him up off the Jets practice squad, but I think you, I think all of us know here in the same room that he's not the answer, right, at cornerback. The Giants definitely need to draft a cornerback. I don't know if they're doing that in the first round because the top two cornerbacks are probably going to be gone by then. They might have to pivot to a safety, which I particularly – I want I want a safety. I want a run-stopping no. safety because we lost Julian Love. I want somebody to compliment Xavier McKinney. You disagree, Craig? I, I only disagree, and I'll, truth, I'll send this one over to you because you know how I feel about it, is, is that it's just not impactful enough. Right, that you know, you got a a, a nine win team, and I loved, lo- I loved, I love love. I don't know why they didn't match the six million dollars, but I don't, but I'm not going to get the impact like this team. I, well, let me let me step back for a second. Here's you want an impact what, player at 25. That's going to be I tough. Want, to do. Well, I want a player that comes in, and I don't mean like a guy that's going to score 10 touchdowns or, or have 150 tackles, but I also don't want a guy that just blends into the woodwork, you know, because. It is a first round draft pick, right? So this team and and uh, and, and truth, I mean, I think uh, Michael and I agree that you know this team did win, right? They did win a bunch of games, including a playoff game. Going backwards, I don't know what option these these like you know they have. Like, do you win six games and it's okay? Like, you really need to plug a hole with a player. And if you give me a safety, like, what are we talking about? You're going to pick up 50 tackles, right? But your other safety at 125, and and what does he get a pick or two? I mean, it would you know I just don't see the value in a safety in a team that needs a corner or a wide receiver so badly. I can't see how it makes the team that much better. Like, where's the drop off between Belton, uh, Pinnock, and a rookie? I don't I don't see. They could be equal. Go ahead, True. Jump in. Okay. It, look, it all depends how the first 24 picks go. If all the top corners are gone by that time, and it could happen, right? Yeah, sure. We're yep. saying like the four, right? That's the names I'm hearing, top four. Yep. And if, if a certain guy falls who's considered a safety slash corner, falls to them, now you're talking best player available – Yep. As opposed to need, you know, the honesty we talked about this on our last show. If Brian Branch falls to them at twenty-five, and and let's just say the top wide receivers are gone, the top corners are gone, I just cannot see them going for a need if he's on that board. Okay, let me ask you this then, Truth. At twenty-five, Branch is there. Which, to Brian's point, I know that's who you're thinking about, right, Brian? Branch. Um, actually, I'm thinking about. I don't think Branch will be there. I'm thinking about Antonio Johnson. To be okay. honest with you, well, he'll so definitely be there. That's true. Yeah. Say so Antonio say Johnson Josh, will be there, and just by and just to quickly rebut Craig on what he wants the impact player. Don't forget, we were the one of the worst rushing defenses in football last year. It wasn't completely on the defensive line. We need that run stopper that's going to come into ah. the box and stop the run. I think a I think a big safety can do that, and a guy like Johnson, who all he does is tackle. He doesn't have any picks. He really didn't have yeah. any picks last year with uh, with um, Texas A&M. But, uh, 
if you can get into the box and help stop the run, which is what we lacked last year, I think that's what I think that's what the Giants need. Would he be a reach at twenty five? What's that? Do you think he'll be a reach at twenty five? I reach. think he won't be. I think he won't be there come fifty seven when the Giants got their next pick. So I, I I believe the need is for that safety to help stop the run for that defense, and I'm willing to draft him a little earlier because I know he won't be there come fifty seven. Okay. Or so or res- another run stopping safety that I that I really and like. I res- and I respect that and I'm going to throw this out to all three of you and you guys can all you know answer it you know however you'd like but let's just go off whether it's let's say it's either one of the two safeties there let's say they're both there but let's say then let's say for that argument let's say Campbell's there and let's say that uh, that uh, what do you call it from from Arkansas is there uh, Drew um, Sanders is there. If Sanders and Campbell and both safeties are there, to your point, Brian, is the Giants got gashed. Giants got gashed by the run all year. Why not take one of the two best linebackers on the uh, uh, in the draft and put them up next to Okereke and literally stop it before the safety needs to come down in the box? I'm not opposed to that either. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely not opposed to that either. Not, absolutely you made, not. You made Craig's day right there. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and basically, now that you guys, we've already gotten to the discussion, you guys know I want defense. I want mm-hmm. defense on this football team. I want also, so I, I want some more offensive linemen on this team as well. I'm not sold on Izudu. I want defense. I want offensive line, the hallmark of what makes the Giants the Giants. And if you heard me on WFAN, that's what makes the Giants, okay? Every year, we're going to beat you up in the trenches, and we're going to beat you up defensively. The finesse team of the Giants was one year, 2001, and we got waxed by the Ravens. That was the one finesse year. The anomaly of the Giant franchise in their existence was Kerry Collins hit Nike Hilliard every two seconds, and Joe Jervis yeah. down, down the field. So, yeah. And Amani Toomer, of course. But that was the anomaly of the Giants. I think the hallmark of when the Giants win, that's what they have to do. And when we lost... It was because Jerry Reese got away from drafting linebackers and 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 linemen. Linemen. Well, he he, you know? picked, he picked poorly with the linemen. He they, he's they, couldn't, big... they couldn't go beyond the. the it field. was a yeah. it was a high ceiling, right? I mean, it was a it was a big bust rate, but a high ceiling, and he rolled the dice on a lot of he, these guys. He was a big believer in drafting talent over needs. Um, I'm not so sure Joe Shane operates that way, or Dayball for that matter. I think they have confidence in what they do. I think they have confidence in what they. They orchestrate offensively, and I think they have confidence in filling needs. And even if they have to mold somebody, they will do that. And I think well, they're better evaluators, too, of talent. Yeah, I would agree. Well, listen, Jerry Reese, and I, this was definitely not a Jerry Reese conversation, but <laughs> I'll, I could put a bow on it for you that, like, you know, some people will say, oh, he inherited, you know, the Corsi team and so and so. I'm fine with it. I think Jerry Reese did a nice job. But after that Super Bowl, he just checked out and cashed a paycheck and from 2012 to 2016, he literally did not make, create, bring in, sign, however you want to, you know, you know, you want to put it down on paper. Not one move that made the team better. I agree. He just flatlined that team for four straight years. Um, all right. What's going on as far as what you hear, Brian? Like you're you're connected to basically the voice of the Giants fan because they're calling in all the time. They're they're connected to what the station does and your personalities and your on-air talent, including yourself. Um, what are you hearing and feeling? Is there a theme like behind the fan or are they all over the place? The theme, the theme behind the fan is that they're all over the place because let's be honest, Craig, Brian Rascona, Chris, 
the truth. Do we really know what the draft is going to bring us? We don't know. We have no idea. We're sitting here. We're speculating as fans because we're trying to say, hey, look, we're filling. We need to fill needs. We're fans. Right. So even though we don't know, we still like this is fun. Who are the Giants going to take? Right. That's basically what it is. It's fun. The pulse from the Giant fan, though, is right now sitting here today on April 24th is what's going on with Saquon Barkley. And if they're if they're if Saquon planning on holding out for the rest of the year is now a running back going to be into the fold here come this this draft class. I'm not so sure that Saquon is in the right mind to hold out because he's 26, right? He's 26 years old, 26, yeah. 27. Years. 27 he, yeah. It doesn't make sense for him to hold out on a contract when he, next year and hold out and potentially not play and yeah. then be a 27 year old free agent in the NFL when the run backing, when the run, uh, years for a running back only last till about 30, 31. So the pulse of the fan right now is what the heck's going on with Saquon Barkley and how is Joe Shane attacking it? Joe Shane, you heard the other day, came out and said, I haven't really talked to Saquon. So there's a good, there's a chance he might not even play this season. I don't see that happening. Um, so that's the pulse of the fan. The fan right now, they want to know what's going on with Saquon Barkley. And then on top of it, the running back position, because we're not walking in with Brightwell and Brita. That's not going to yeah. happen. We can't do that. So two, two I think I think, I think they I think round four is a good round to go get a running back. Round four, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's there you know they uh, so on Thursday night State uh, Truth uh, does a uh, a draft show every Thursday. It's over now, but we did it. Truth was you know live every Thursday, and uh, you know they hit it pretty hard this past Thursdays on running backs, and there is some talent there. Truth, I I, I will say this like again, not being an insider because I'm not. But I can tell you two things that stick out to me on the on the Saquon Barkley scenario. One is all week long, um, and I respect all the analysts and their takes and what they feel you know is is real or true, right? I I'm cool with it. We all do the same thing, right? We're fans. But what I felt was a little off base was a handful of um, you know analysts and, and media personalities saying how you know now that Jones is paid, you know it's you know, ripping the locker room apart. And listen, just Monday, or let's see, so today's Monday, I think Friday or Thursday, video came out of Jones and Barkley playing basketball together, right? Like, they genuinely have a very close relationship, right? I mean, that is very apparent that they are friends off the field. And to me, that says a lot. Because, you know, if a guy's getting paid and you feel uncomfortable with it, I don't think you would spend a whole lot of your off off time with someone that maybe you weren't very happy with. And secondly, uh, on Saturday, Brian, uh, we were streaming live from the Isaiah Hodgins. Um, I, wa- I watched it. Here. I watched it. Yeah. And, like, normally we had a ton of technical <laughs> difficulties because it was so windy. Like oh, I it get kept it. Not, I know. It kept, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you I know, you do, this, yep. you do this for a living. Like, yep. I, I, we had so much tech, like, it, it kept cutting my microphone off, and then it kept kicking me out. So we didn't really do an extensive interview with Hodgins like like we did with Nick Gates or like we normally do. But I want to tell you this. One, he is awesome, right? He was great with the kids. But this is why I'm bringing it to come full circle to Barkley was at the end of the camp, he holds his phone up. They're all taking a picture. There's 100, you know, you know, kids around him and they're going crazy. He's high five. And he goes, Oh, look, look who's calling. And Saquon FaceTimes in to the camp <laughs> and a hundred kids go bonkers. <laughs> like, I mean, 
They started climbing up his back. They were trying to steal his phone. Like, it was so cool. And all I could think was is that Saquon Barkley loves being a giant. Like, yes, you know, he takes crap from that 10% of the population that doesn't know any better. I think he loves being a giant. I think he he loves the franchise, what it stands for, you know. And I think I think he probably got a bad advice not taking the 13-5, you know, in the beginning of the year. And listen, no one's ever going to say, you know, yes, that's what happened. I think they're just going to work on a deal and get it done, and it's going to be fine. I think it's going to happen. I can't see him going anywhere. I think he wants to be here. And like you just said, timing-wise, at 27 years old, it's not the, it's not the time to hold out. Him and his agent are morons if they plan on holding out this season. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah. just complete. I don't know who his agent is. I have no idea, but complete morons. It makes no sense. Just doesn't yeah. make any sense. So I, I do believe Saquon's going to wind up playing. Because I think he's with Jay Z. I think that's his rock. Uh, oh, is that his? Is it? Okay. Yeah, that, yeah I think, I think rock, you are. Right. Uh, rock Nation. Yeah. Rock yeah. Nation. Yeah. And then you know what? He's going to wind up playing under the franchise tag. And if he has a bonkers year, then he could go walk and do whatever the heck he wants to do. Yeah, and go, and and you know, his agent didn't have the pulse of the whole running back market. Right, None it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. You know what, Chris? I just think right now, like, like, look what happened today. We're going to jump into this now, into the Ashawn Robinson thing. Like, he he visited four weeks ago. Everyone thought it was dead, right? And here we go at, at, at four o'clock. We get you know everything's binging and pinging that we signed. You know, Ashawn Robinson. I think the same thing happens with Saquon. It's more of a like a it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Just, you know, settle down. Let us, let us get all our other ducks in a row. Saquon, you know, we're giving you a three-year deal for, for, you know, they'll probably give them like, I hate to say it, but they're going to do right by him. He didn't want the 13, five. I don't think they play hardball. Maybe he gets 13, seven, five, you know what I mean? Or, or maybe he gets 14 with incentives or something like that, but it's going to happen because we don't know what's happening. In fact, I was going to ask you, Brian, like, you know, you got a bunch of ex NFL players, you know, you know, on your staff there between Tiki and Boomer. Like, are any of these guys uh, closer to the situation at all, or do they have a strong opinion either way? Tiki is, but he's not going to, re- he doesn't reveal much unless it's, you know, unless he knows concrete for sure. Tiki definitely keeps in touch with Saquon. They, they talk. Uh, but as far as I mean, as, and it's another thing, Saquon's not going to Saquon's not going to spill what he thinks, you know, as far as what's going on negotiation wise. Uh, Boomer, on the other hand, does have a pulse, a finger on the pulse with all of the NFL more on the national level than he does just the Giants. But there's nothing that I can hand you that I know that Tiki may or may not have told me. So <laughs> all right, sorry to, to bust your bubble there. But yeah, try to try, you know, <laughs> no, I hear you. You know, I listen, you. I used to I, for, I had a pre-show meeting with Tiki last week, but all we were talking about was Mets. So okay. we to, and this is pre this was was it last week? It might have been two weeks ago. This was pre-Saquon, the Saquon news. So got it. Yeah. I used to work for uh, your sister station, uh WIP. Okay. Uh I worked, you know, in Philly for, for 10 years. I worked for WIP. Okay. So you know my you know Spike then. Of course. I knew okay. I yeah, Spike <laughs> Spike. Yeah, so Spike was at this started off as you know, uh, you know, late night DJ on WYSP, the rock station, and worked his way up to midday. Then he became got on the programming side, then he went sports. Like, yeah, I know his dad very well. Okay, well, there you go. Um, good, good Eagles good fans, guy. though. Eagles fans, yeah, There's yeah, Eagles, Eagles fans. fans. Well, again, WIP is all Eagles fans, yeah, right? no, I know, I know, uh, yeah, but yeah, but, 
Spike's a, Spike's a great guy. Was always was always good to me. Really really good guy. Um, and you know, like you said, there are always there are always people chatting, you know, in the studio about certain topics. Um, Chris, you, you know, you saw you you hit me real fast on the Ashawn Robinson thing. Yeah. What's your take on on signing the big guy? Well. You know, when you look back at the Eagle games and the rushing defense, whatever they were, 28th against the run, I, you could tell by Shane what his comments were after the season that it's something that has to be fixed. I mean, you can't go into the season with some rookies or uh, hopes of a DJ Davidson coming off an injury to, you know, to solidify the front error with uh, a guy, uh, Mondo, coming in. So I think when you look at when you look at Ashawn Robinson, when you look at uh, Rochus, who was added, and you got Leo and Dex in the middle, I think uh, that's a formidable front for a nice rotation to stop the run. Because let's face it, between the linebackers on the inside last year and that inside running game, Dex and Leo needed a breather. And you need guys that can come in there that can kind of do the similar type of job and stop that run. So I think, uh, you know, we've all, we, that, we, Brian talked about it, giant football, right? It's stopping the run. I think yeah. that's, that's the first priority on the list. Truth. Ashawn Robinson might have been the best player in the Super Bowl in 2021. Yeah. I mean, he was he was a beast, and he really helps you know Aaron Donald be Aaron Donald. Um, you know, some people right away, you know how Twitter works. Everybody's like, "Oh, this is the end of Leo." Like, no. if I'm not mistaken, it's a one year deal, and I would assume that the way you know, like Chris just said, like it's a piece of the puzzle to give the two big dogs a little bit of a break. Would you agree? I totally agree. I mean, he's going to, he's going to take a little bit of snaps on each of those guys, make them more fresh. It's a long season. Uh, totally agree. It's not, it has nothing to do with Leo. Uh, this is more to do with the Giants building up their run defense. All right, cool. Um, you know, and Craig, and guys, when you look back to those early giant teams from like 2007, 2008, you had guys in the middle, like a Rocky Bernard, you know, um, and going back to 2000. Jay Alford. Jay Alfred, yep. so those those guys that are just get plug in there and just do the job. Barry Cofield. Barry Cofield. Right. Oh, yeah. right. don't, don't taser me, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> best, best, best sack dance ever. Don't take yeah. don't don't tase me, bro. That was Love up it. there. That's a good one. He was yeah. ahead of his time. Before tasing even got popular, he was ahead <laughs> of his time. It was good. It was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. For anybody that doesn't know, you know what we're talking about. Just uh, YouTube. Don't tase me, bro. Barry <laughs> Cofield sack dance, and you will see a grown man, three hundred pounds, after a sack, tasering himself. Like it's it's quite comical. So you know, I think it. I think part there. of it also was the fact that the Giants were on an historic Super Bowl run. I think that helps it out too. I mean, yeah. the Giant. If the Giants were four and twelve and fell flat on flat on their face, we would not care about the Taze Me Bro sack dance. No, <laughs> no, very, very well, very well, very, very well said. Because right. yeah, I think at that point they could do no wrong. Right. So everyone was like, "Yeah, go ahead, do oh, that." Yeah. Do yep. that. 100%. Right now, there'd be, there'd be people outside, like, picketing their names. The Giants, <laughs> there's, there's something wrong with the uh, organization. All right. So, let's then look. So let's stay on the defensive line for a second, Brian. Um, Robinson's going to get a deal. He's going to come in here, you know, and, and basically lock the only lock, thing lock I will the, the only thing I will say about the Leonard Williams stuff, it, next year, I believe it's next year. Is this his final year or is it next year? It's next year is his final year or is it this year? I thought it was next year. I could be wrong. Right. I think it's next year. year, right? It's next year because that makes sense. Because the Giants will suffer a thirty-four million dollar cap hit if they keep Leonard Williams 
So that's the only thing you got to consider in the back of your mind. Their cap hit on Leonard Williams is around $34 million for next season. Yeah. So. And which actually kind of is a good segue. You're good at this. Um, is where does the money come from over the next two years? Dexter, uh, what do you call uh, Chris? Who got paid today? 94 million. Uh, last uh, week you had Deron Payne and uh, Jeffrey Simmons. So that kind of sets the market for, for uh, Dexter. So where does the money come from, Brian? If Dexter needs to get paid 94 million plus. So, and I know people don't like Gettleman for kicking the can down the road, but is Leonard um, and even potentially a Dory Jackson, are they candidates for restructure? Absolutely. And if they want to keep the team intact, Leonard Williams now, he's no spring chicken anymore. If he wants to keep the team intact and hopefully have a shot at a Super Bowl, which it looks like the Giants are on this trajectory to finally get to an NFC championship, I think a restructure has to be in the cards. Otherwise, they got to let him walk. They have no other choice. I really don't. They, if they've got to pay Dexter Lawrence, they're going to have to pay McKinney at some point. These are guys that are draft picks that are going to have to get paid, and they're players that should get paid. If Dexter Lawrence comes out and has the same type of season he had last year, if not better, He's got to get paid. If Xavier McKinney could stay off a quad in Costa Rica or wherever the heck he was, and he could play to the way he was playing, to the caliber he played last year, he's got to get paid. So I think a restructure has to be in the cards. And Dory Jackson's no spring chicken either. So if they want to stay in the, stay in the game and stay in the competitive game, or they could go get shipped out to a team like the Raiders who are going to pay him, you know, and not know what which end is up, which is normal for that type of I think season. that's what might happen. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's what I I mean, it's either one or the other for these two for these guys. And I do think a restructure has to be in the cards. You know, you look at you look at the contract with Eli back in the day, he signed a huge contract, then he restructured. Strahan signed a huge contract, then he restructured. The guys that are want to stay in with the team to see it out, basically, for lack of a better term, and try to win a Super Bowl. Those guys that are stars that are going to make their money a restructure, just back backload the contracts and stay with the squad and go out there and try to win a Super Bowl. I love it. Uh, just a brief little, little uh, housekeeping. Thursday and Friday, of course, is the NFL draft. I've gotten to the point where I'm calling the show Customer Appreciation Night. People want to know why I'm not going to the draft party as a season ticket holder. So the last two years, we've been broadcasting or streaming, excuse me, live throughout the draft Thursday night and Friday night. And I don't know, I got this brilliant idea. I don't know if it's brilliant or not, but I decided to give out 60, 70 links and bring on all the fans that support us all year. So just to kind of give you guys, and Brian's going to be part of it, um, Thursday, we'll be live from 7.30 right on through the pick, okay? Might be a little bit late, 10.30, 11 o'clock. That's not normally what we do, but we're kind of, again, every everyone that we're inviting gets like a 10 to 15-minute slot to talk about who they like, how the draft's going, what they saw, who drafted what. It's a reaction show. It gives, yes, it's everybody's 15 minutes of fame, but it's all fun. We've created some really good friends over the years by that 15 minutes of, of uh, interaction with the fans. So uh, Chris and I and and Truth, we will be on Thursday night and then Friday night, which will start at um, at 6.30, will be uh, Nikki Six and uh, Damian and Danny. Um, they'll be on, on Friday and Spartan Mike, excuse me, and Spartan Mike will be on Friday. So stay tuned for your time slot. I'm still organizing 70 time slots. I'm almost done 
with these time slots and who can do what. I've been juggling you. So don't think I forgot any of you folks. I'm going to post it on the website in case you're new to uh, to uh, Giants Rush, nygiantsrush.com. That holds all our interviews, you know, from Kurt Warner to Bellinger. They're all up there. Uh, plus, there's a lot of great articles and stuff like that. But the time slots will be up there. Or if you have any problems, just send me a DM and I'll, I'll send you your time. Um, so we That's hope That's a great to see idea. Third. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, last year we did such a huge amount, Brian, of people hung with us, right? Chris, like, yeah, they hung with us for like three hours. Right. Like, they just like kept coming in and out. And because everybody was like, oh, this guy got traded. Oh, who are we going to, what's going on? And it was a ton of fun. So, draft days basically become the Rush family's customer appreciation night. Very nice. So, yeah. And, and, and real quick, you know, last year, correct. Last year, Craig, Giants picked early. So there was kind of a buzzkill at the end because it was, you know, everything got, you know, buzzkill. But the Giants are at 25. So I think we'll be able to carry it, you know, with some excitement throughout the, the, the oh, yeah. end of the fourth round, which will be good. Every time that like somebody like, listen, like I'm leaning on Banks, right? I'm hoping somehow that, that he becomes the guy, right? Yep. That's my guy. I've already told you. He, to me, he is Terrell Thomas. He is the same player as Terrell Thomas from USC, um, where we used to call him T2. And um, I, I I don't know if he'll be there at 25, but I definitely could build some, some uh, you know, some pressure as the show goes, as, as these guys get, um, you know, uh, drafted. So, yeah, so that's the housekeeping. Wanted to get that out of the way. And lastly, don't forget, we're on Spotify. We're on Anchor. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Stitcher. Whatever your podcast platform is, Apple Pods, we're there. Um, I do. I am. I am a little behind on some of my um, some of our interviews. I need to get up there, like Jack Anderson uh, that we interviewed last week. And by the way, Brian, great interview. We, what's? I'm sorry. Great interview. I liked. I oh, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah. Because I was just going to say to you, we met him at the Gates Camp. Really good dude, right? And. I couldn't get over the fact how he told me he's like, and you, well, you heard it. He, he's like astonished that people don't realize that he, he can snap. He's already played center, like a big boy at the Eagles, you know, and like played in some big games, you know, for them. And then came in and snapped every day against Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. I just, uh, why not give, I mean, I'm sure the giants are going to give him a shot at, you know, this training camp. I wouldn't see any reason why they wouldn't instead of just plugging in Bredesen. Bredesen's been injured. I mean, for the last few years, we picked him up from the Ravens almost like a savior to save the offensive line a couple of years back. And he was injured nonstop. So I don't see any reason why we can't take a look at him. If he could, if he could snap the football, why not? You know, and I don't know how quick I, on his feet he is. I haven't seen a lot of Jack Anderson. So I can't really assess, you know, his overall talent. Nope. But why not? I mean, why not? If he snap the football against Dexter Lawrence and, and look squad O, right? I mean, you're gonna see you're gonna see just as good defensive tackles in in the real game, you know, when it takes right. when you take the field at the Meadowlands. So why not try to get him in there and try to snap the football? Try to try to you know what? Try to broaden the vers versatility of this offensive line. And I think we should go and draft an offensive line in the uh, lineman in the later rounds. So another versatile guy who could play tackle, play guard, and if he plays center, that's a plus two. So here's the interesting thing, and I think you'll appreciate this. Um, playing in the Eagles system, he actually pulled a lot, you know, when he played center or guard. He's got really good footwork for a big dude. 
And that's what grabbed my attention because the Eagles, they pull all the time. They right. pull this Kelsey pulls, you know, they're pulling, uh, um, geez, the guy who made the pro bowl this year, he was on like uh mass singer. They're, they're, they're guard, big Hawaiian uh, Polynesian dude. Yeah. Uh, his name oh, escapes me. <laughs> it'll come to me. But my point is, is that Jack Anderson has good enough feet to move because the Eagles just run that type of offense. So I was impressed with his footwork. And, you know, it sounded like Lemieux and Anderson and Brennison were going to get a chance. Doesn't mean they won't draft one, but it did seem like, um, you know, he was going to get a chance. To, all right. Be good to see. Yeah, Chris, perfect yeah. world. You get two choices. <laughs> Who do you want the Giants to draft? Who are you leaning on? Not who's not who's going to be there. Who do you want? Who do Realistically, you want? right? Yeah, like who do you want? Like you know, you got to weigh the option. Like, will they be there around there? Like, mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. say you want, you know. Could be. Could be. I mean, I think there's yeah. a lot of good receivers, but I don't know if they're worthy of of first round. I mean, maybe at 25, but I mean, I'm still leaning the corner. Um, I don't. Maybe maybe the kid Joey Port. Um, I don't. Oh, his maybe, son? Porter maybe Joey son. Porter Jr. Banks, uh, Gonzalez, the other corner. I, he said a couple. He said a couple, Chris. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> my heart, Jack Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa, stole my I, – I love him, but I don't know at first round. But, all right, so we'll say cornerback. I don't know. I'll, I'll go with the Joey Porter Jr. If he, that would be who, I, who I'd all like right. to corner. Truth. Know. Truth. If you had – you know, you got to pick one or two here. Who do you want that's realistic? Well, uh, I said in my columns, uh, he could be there. I don't think he will, but I would love to get Banks because I think he fits what exactly what Wink likes to have in his corners. That's the guy I, I would love to see be available for the Giants. Truth, I know you guys did a lot of work on the draft show. Can Banks is, – is Banks more a zone guy or is he more a man guy? No, from what I've read and watched, he does both, you know. Um, you know, okay. he's not perfect. Like, like not every single prospect's perfect, and especially at 25, you're not gonna get a perfect prospect. Um, he has his faults, but um, he does play both zone and man to man. Okay, because I always I get over over analytical, and like when you look at Sauce Gardner, he's he's lean, right? And I look at Banks, and Banks is like jacked, and like you know, like so I kind of almost feel like he could play, you know, he could play in the box, he could play zone. But can he run man to man because he's, and again, it's just me in my head. Like, no, I'm thinking, I understand. Like, does he have the frame? Does he have the body frame to play no. to play cover corner man to man? Yeah, so no, I don't know. No, well, look, the films I watched of him, he did do well in that, and he does have the speed, as we know. He had to do a four three yeah. five or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he could fly. So. Um, that's the guy I would love. I would love to see be available. I think corner is a very important position for them. Actually, I think they may draft two corners in this draft. It's a possibility. So, all right, then Brian, I'm going to make your job harder <laughs> because you're you're the pro. Okay. We just we just we just do this, you know, for fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, I don't know. It's not always fun. Um, <laughs> So your your task is drafting a wide receiver. All the corners are gone, and you're yeah. not going to draft a center at 25 because, you know, you know, we also have done the research. There basically has been a corner draft in the first round, something like eight out of the last 15 years or something like that. So it's not far-fetched. Okay. But, my, but the task I'm giving you is 
you have to draft a wide receiver at 25. The question is, do you not like the receiver at 25 and do you move up? Because right now, um, Brian Rascona's only job as the GM is to draft a receiver. What are you going to do? I'm going to wait to draft the receiver. I don't, I'm, like I said earlier in the broadcast, guys, I'm going to focus in on the defensive side of the football. I believe it or not, and again, I'm the GM, so it's not, you know, I'm not going to play this part of Joe Shane, but I think in Joe Shane's head right now, they went out and signed two wide receivers of Jamison Crowder and Paris Campbell. They have a ton of wide receivers right now. If you look at this Giants roster, now, are they this dynamic wide receiver? No, they still need a receiver to stretch the field. Don't forget, Colin Johnson also will be coming back. The big, tall kid who didn't get the play last year, who had a promising preseason. So I don't see the Giants now. I'm, again, I'm talking as Joe Shane because I, I don't see them drafting a wide receiver. I don't see myself drafting drafting a wide receiver. I know Zay Flowers could be there by the time the Giants pick. How many slot receivers are we going to have, though? Between Shepard, between Wondell Robinson, between Jamison Crowder, Zay Flowers, he's not a big dude. He can, he can bust out. I mean, he can really zip up and down the field. And then also I take into account that he played at BC. His level of competition wasn't as grand as what you would see in the top, you know, the top SEC or Big Ten schools. Um, I would shy away from a wide receiver. I wouldn't take a wide receiver in the first round. I would stick to the defensive side of the football, like I said, safety or linebacker. That's where I would stick. And, I mean, I would save the wide receiver for later. I would save the offensive lineman for later. And I would save a running back if need be for later. I still think they're going to take a running back this year as well. I, it just seems like the Giants always take a late round running back. I think they'll do it again. All right, so okay. let, me, let, me, let me run uh, with that just for a second, then I'll let you guys jump in on it. Let's just say that, you know, we got 10 picks, right? Yep. Yep. Eagles in Dallas didn't get worse in the offseason. Yeah, the Eagles lost a couple guys. They lost a few um, guys. Yeah, they did lose a couple guys, but I don't know if it's as impactful as – we'd all like to make it out to be. I think Miles Sanders is an impactful loss. Agreed. Agreed. But again, the whole running back thing, like, like, they could be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. They could be. Yes. So the, so again, even if you don't want it, do you think the giants would be like, you know what? We really need to, we need alpha, right? Um, we need, and I see Darius in here saying a couple people say we need the alpha. I, you need we, the plaxi, you need the plaxico burst. You need the guy yes. who's going to stretch down the field and catch the, and catch the jump ball. That's what you need. Do they trade up to get them? If it would, they, would it be on the radar to say, you know what guys, we need to win nine games this year. We got a harder schedule. And even though we drafted a bunch of fast wide receivers, they're not, they're not known for their 800 to 1200 yard seasons. Do we move up? Um, they have the draft capital to do so with the 10 picks. They can, if they want to, if they want to give up, so, you know, a couple of the picks later, they have three in the seventh round alone. Um, if they want to do that, they have the capital to do so. If again, if I'm Joe Shane and I want that big time receiver, whether it's the guy from Ohio state, Jackson Smith, or if it's, um, uh, with the kid from TCU, uh, if he goes early uh, and he's the big, he's the big guy that I would want if I was going to draft the receivers, the kid from TCU, um, then I would think about it. I just, I hate, I, I just, I hate giving up draft capital. But you put me on the spot. If there's a wide <laughs> receiver, if there's a wide receiver that I am into 
me being Joe Shane, Brian Rescoto, which I am not, but I'm not into any receivers that are right there on the first round. If I am, I would make the trade. If I want that player, I'm a big advocate. If you like him, if you like the guy, or your scouts are telling you we need him and go get him, and you have the means to do it, you go and get him. I'm an advocate for that. I just personally don't like the wide receivers right now in the first round. And I don't think the main, the top ones are going to drop to 25. So to your point, if you absolutely want that wide receiver, you could trade up and go and get him. Chris, is this realistic to trade up and go get him? Like, is that's, I know it's not very giant like, but, um, you know, it's a new regime, right? We've all yeah, said, new regime. I mean, you could see really regime. like, yeah, and we yeah. like their style. Right. So is I it, mean, you think it's on the table at all? Oh, I think everything's on the table for Shane. I think he's out for the best possible, you know, pick they can have. You see that he keeps turning this roster, right? He's always turning. He's always he's always uh, uh, working numbers and, and looking for the next, uh, you know, the next guy. I mean, just look at last year, how he just replenished, trying to re find guys on the offensive line, receiver. So, yeah, I, I think Shane just has a different mindset than some of the older, you know, regime, uh, you know, like a, going back to uh, Reese and um, obviously Gettleman, but. Yeah, because uh, Reese never really moved up, right? That wasn't his game either. No, no. So I think Shane brings a whole mindset different. Last time I remember them making a move, they moved up for Shockey. Um, but I can't remember them moving up many spots for anybody no. in the last 10 years. I mean, no, I actually, no, I can't. Keep in, I mind, can't actually... keep in mind, though, the Giants also, this is another good little tidbit. Now, I could be out there. I could be totally out there with this. But if things go ugly with this Saquon thing, they can trade it. Oh, boy. Mm. Here it comes. <laughs> Think about this, all right, just for a second. <laughs> Steph Diggs was crying at the end of last year up in Buffalo. He was with Dayball. He was with Shane. Buffalo has been talking about a running back. They, Saquon's always been in the talks with Buffalo. Yeah. Whenever you talk about ta Saquon getting traded, Buffalo is in the mix. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I could be totally off base with this. But it's another possibility to grab that dynamic receiver. Dude. Did <laughs> I, I just blow your mind there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm like, I'm like, you're so right. Like when you hear about like the rumorville going, it's it is always Buffalo, it's right? Always Buffalo. Always. It's always Buffalo. Yeah. So I don't know and if like, that I don't know if there's any truth to it. I know Steph was unhappy with Josh Allen towards the end of the year. You saw them yelling at each other on the sideline. Um, Josh Allen threw a ton of picks last year, which was very uncharacteristic. I don't know if, if Saquon gets traded. Listen, you're not going to give away Saquon for for nothing, right? You got to get you got to get something dynamic back. Now the Giants will have to give more because Saquon's only got the one year, but it's a thought. You know, it's funny because I do really like Saquon and I want him here, but the thought of the thought of Diggs, I'm doing one of these things. Right. <laughs> I have to think about it. That's, I mean, he's talented. But the only thing with Diggs, you know, he gave Kirk Cousins a problem. Then he was yes. chirping last year. So, I mean, uh, is he wearing out his welcome at these play, you know, at these different spots? That's a good one. Absolutely. That's, but I'd love to know behind closed doors what he was complaining about anyway, because like he's never been so popular as he is right now with Josh Allen. Like, I, I, you know, at some point you got to be like, hey, man, I'm in a good place. I don't want to blow this. Yeah. Although well, he didn't complain when uh, Dable was the OC. So maybe take also a keep in mind. Also keep in mind T. Higgins is going into the last year of his deal, mm. and he wants big money, and the Bengals aren't going to be able to sign him. So in order to get some compensation back to Bengals, they might look to trade T. Higgins as well. So that's also yeah. out there as well. So Dude, Yeah, but then will that, will, that, will that reflect them not being able to sign Dexter? If they get right. Higgins? Well, that's another, yes. 
Yes. Well, that's another thought. That's another wrinkle into the thought process. Yeah. Yes. I know like, and, and you know, it's interesting, all the content that gets created out there, they really make, they really paint Dable in this player's coach light. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you see him at the draft, I mean, uh, the, the combine, and he's like texting Dexter Lawrence, you know, or he's talking to Jones. Like, they really, he really comes across as a, as a coach who likes his players and he's excited to have them. I think it would be like, I, I don't think Shane would go out and dish one of his guys. You know what I mean? Like, Regardless if he drafted Dexter Lawrence or not, I just think Dable likes these personalities that he has as the leaders of the team. I can't see truth. I can't see Dexter, anything they do jeopardizing bringing Dexter Lawrence back. You know what I mean? Uh, right now, no, no, not at all. And just to backtrack on the wide receivers, I personally, I think there's a lot of talent in the late second, third, and fourth rounds with these wide receivers in this draft. I think there's talent right there. Like they don't have to get a wide receiver rounds. Well, I, I I see. I'm totally this guy. Like, I, and I, you know, I, I'm just this guy. Like, yes, you are right. But when you look at the body of work, it never turns out like, yeah, there's a whole ton of receivers in the fourth and third and fourth round. But when you look at the the 1,800 players, you know, in the league, and there's 100 wide receivers. There's only like five that are that come out of the fourth round. Like I get it. Yes, they're talented, but they're always missing something. There's the outliers, right? There's the outlier, you know, that got drafted in the fourth round and turned out to be like Chris Hogan, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Like they're out there, but overall, uh, truth, uh, Campbell and um, who's the guy that got from the Jets? Smith? Smith. Jimmy like those, those guys are just as good as any fourth round, fifth round wide receiver that you, you draft. Okay, let me just say this then. Let me just say this. We talk about we need to get a wide receiver one. What makes you think that Shane is not thinking of Waller as a wide receiver one, even though he's a tight end? What makes you don't think that he's going to be his primary guy? Be kind of hard for a guy if that injury prone to be pegged in and penciled in as your number one. Well, he, if, look, if, if Shane thought that this guy's so injury-prone, I'm not going to go after him, he wouldn't have made the trade. I think he feels confident that he would be able to give them more as a tight As a tight end, not as your number one. Re- I don't That's me. Well, when I, I say number one receiver, I mean, I mean you're going to see you're going to see Waller doing – I think you're going to see the seam come back, the seam pass come back for the Giants. I, I think you'll see – I think you'll see a, a few plays where Waller will do some verticals uh, passes – you know, oh, yeah. we, you know, we never see that in the last no. umpire years of the Giants. So no. Waller is definitely like Jimmy Graham. He's a wide receiver. Yeah. I think you yeah. saw the creativity that Kafka can have with the offense. A lot of pre-snap motion yes. you saw last year, which he yep. picked up from Andy Reid and his offense. I think if you move, instead of moving Bellinger down the line with mm-hmm. misdirection, I think seeing Waller moving up and down the line is a little more scarier. And to your point, Truth, to possibly be that number one receiver for the Giants. I mean, they, yeah. I can totally see that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Then, we could, we could bludgeon him to death, right? We could with not with seven receivers all at, at 700 yards. Like, yeah, right. we could, we could right. go that route. <laughs> I'd love to have one guy at 1200 and make me a whole lot happy. You know, realistically, there may not be a guy out there in the draft in their rookie year who's going to do that, a wide receiver. We don't know. I will say this, if you're going to draft a, right, a wide receiver and he's going to be a skill position and he's going to be potentially a wide receiver one and two, can we get somebody that can return some kicks too on this team as well consistently? I mean, I think I think if you're going to get a wide receiver or running back late, 
Get somebody who has some kick return experience. I need a bona fide kick returner on this team. We haven't had yeah. one in years. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. Our special teams. Yeah, and you know what, Brian? That you're right because that fifth or sixth receiver has got to contribute on special teams. Has I mean, to. Got to be able to return kicks. Where's our Dominic Hickson? That's what I want to know. Where's right. the next Dominic ah, Hickson? Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. We uh we interviewed him uh probably a year and a half ago. What a good dude. Um, I don't know if you know this, so he owns a deep sea fishing company down in Florida called Super Bowl Fishing. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So like last summer when I went to the uh, Outer Banks, I shot up a note. I said, anytime you want to bring the boat up the coast, I'm, I'm ready to go out. He's a real, he's just a really good dude. I'm sure. He, I never met him, but I'm sure he is. I mean, I yeah. mean, because like you said, he just, he did. Plaxico goes down. He comes up with, you know, he steps in. He, he filled the void. Turn a, he did everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was just such a, uh, you know, uh, utility guy. You know, you're right. The Giants don't have that utility guy. Maybe it could be Campbell. Maybe it could be Smith. Um, well, or a guy that we don't know. I think it's yeah. Crowder. Yeah, Crowder. Yeah, we don't even know, right? Right. It could be any of these guys, right? All right, I got one for you, Chris. And then uh, we, we wrap things up. So I'm sure, you know. Oh, Brian, you're on, yeah. you're on tonight, correct? I'm on tonight, 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. Yep, the overnight, right. the graveyard shift. So any any of you folks that stay up late middle of the night like I do, um, don't text me. Turn on your uh, your radio or hit your uh, WFAN app. Brian's hosting tonight. The free um, Odyssey, the free Odyssey app. There you go. That's that, what I oh, that's right, because it's oh, that's right. The I have to be app. real. I have to be real corporate about it. So the free Odyssey. No, no, app. no. That's that's my bad. I forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it is the Odyssey app, and then you can listen to Brian. He's on the night two a.m. Um, now, is that something, Brian, you do that shift a lot? I do. Starting so about two years ago when Spike took over, a lot of the part-timers are getting shots, you know, to, to be on air. And uh, I was one of them to thankfully get a shot. And it's been working out pretty nicely. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Not normally am I on overnights. I've done a lot of weekend days. I did I did actually the uh, Sunday morning shift 9 to 12 before the Giants playoff game against the Vikings. I think that was purposely done. Um, awesome. Yeah, so it's basically wherever they want me to fill in, that's when they're having me fill in. So right now, one of the uh, our evening guy, Keith McPherson, he just had a baby, so congratulations to him. He's out for a while. Sal Licata moves down, and then all the part timers are starting to fill the overnight shifts. So that's what's going on right now. When I was, you know, when I was young, which was a long, long time ago, um, you know, I used to listen to WFAN like crazy, right? I was a big fan. And at some point, they shifted. And this isn't a complaint; I was just observation. It became very heavy Jets and Mets, so it's it's good to, that um, I think for from a business standpoint and just you know makes it more fun when there's some giant fans you know that are part of the staff. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I, you know, you're right. It's it was yeah. a lot of Jets Mets because back when, way back when, we used to have you know the Mets. The Mets were on six sixty, you know. Um, yeah. So it was a lot of Met fans there. Now it's it's drastically changed. Now there's fans of all kinds of teams. Now you got McPherson, who's a Cowboys fan and the well, and a Yankees fan. G- Gio's like a Vikings fan. Gio's a Vikings yeah. fan. I went to high school with Gio. So we were in the same grade. So I've known, Gian- cool. I've known Giannotti since I was in like fifth grade. Um, okay. Yeah. Very and cool. then Lakata's a Falcons fan. So, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. So right now it's a, it's a little good. It's a good regime with, as far as the fan base goes for hosts over there at the fan. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I said, I, for a while, I was like, man, they just talk Jets and Mets all the time. You know, yeah. I was like, yeah. let's get some giant talk on it. Cause always, you know, cause Francesca was, you know, big Yankee. So, yep. you know, which is great. Well, I'm, I'm still a Yankee fan. I know truth is a, is a, a Met fan. Um, yep. So, and then once in a while I, I do some connecting with Lori. 
um, you know, she's always been really good to us. So we chat with her a little bit, you know, she's like been we, 15 years in running doing that Sunday night shift for Lori. Yeah. Robinson, so. oh. yeah. Yeah. So she's been really good to us. So uh, mm -hmm. we're glad that you're there and, and whatever we can like I say, anytime we can get you on, it'd be great. Uh, hey, Chris, just, I got hey, one. just shoot me a shoot me a shout out, uh, you know, Twitter or text or whatever. You have yeah. my number now, and as long as it works in my schedule, I'm in. I love it. So no, hundred percent. Like yep. I said, like we, yeah. you know, we try to we try to do as much as we can. Uh, we're no, we are known for our interviews. Like that's what we do. I, and like you know, we could even talk off here. I always have. I can't figure out. And truth, you know, Brian, you guys uh, and uh, uh, Chris, you guys have been with me for a while. You know, um, the last four or five years, I've been. I mean, I've interviewed some great players and i rotate my this the the team i got like six people and i rotate them and we interview great guys and i can never figure out like how to get get it out there more often like that we're interviewing these these folks um we always get some really good stories i will say maybe because we're small so like but we get some really good stories so we you know we've uh we've done some good things and and what i appreciate the fact that some giants fans in, in the staff there at uh at fan um Chris, I, I want to send this to you real quick before before we wrap it up. Is um, I don't really think the Giants would go defensive end or pass rusher in the first round. Uh, tell me a little bit about Ojolari's brother. Do you have any like feeling on him being something that like would he like you know where does where does he fit? I you know I don't know much about him. The truth could probably fill it in, but I heard he doesn't have the bend like Aziz does. I, I heard he's he's not as I want to say athletic as Aziz. So. He's not the same. Like the, the, I know we're dealing with injuries with disease, but from what I've heard and seen some clips, I mean, I don't even want to go by the clips of what I've heard from you know guys like Truth that follow this all the time. That he's he's not another disease when healthy. Like like when disease is at his top game and shows it, he, he's he's a little step down. Am yes, I right? He's, he's, yeah, yeah, he's a notch or two below his brother. Yes, that's what, what is I. He a, is he a first round pick? True. Well, I see. I see a lot of people saying that he could be a late first round. I, I, I just think we're going to see certain positions get a lot of attention in the first round, which will push other positions back, which will be his position. I think. I think he's an early second rounder. Okay, so let's wrap it up with this, Brian. Who do you want then at fifty-seven? Who do you want like <laughs> a second round? Because. <laughs> Because like, and then eighty nine and one twenty. No, just no, just the first two picks are always to me, like because like last year we we drafted Wandell Robinson and I, to me that was like the worst. That was classic, ever. Brian. You should have you should have heard oh. when that when that draft came on live. <laughs> oh, what when when Wandell Robinson was announced? Oh, he got Craig on the air when that pick came in. Uh, oh Brian, for three days, Craig's finding all the five eight receivers weighing 170 pounds and how successful and how long they lasted in the NFL. They're all they're, they, they're all they're all bust. Six guys in the history of the NFL. Well, wait, wait, wait. I don't think you could call Wandell Robinson a bust right now. No, 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 I'm, no, I'm no. saying I had to go do the research, and they're just they don't make it. They have three year they have three year careers. They're special outside of Lockett and 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 Tyreek Hill. You know. Five, five, eight, 170 pound receivers don't make it in the NFL past being a returner and a three year career. And what do we do? We draft one in the second round. I mean, you know, from the minimal plays, from the minimal time you saw Wondell Robinson last year, he did look pretty good. I agree with yes, you. I agree. Oh, I'm not knocking him as a talent or a player or anything. I just don't see it as a second round pick. 
Okay. No, that's fine. And that's, yeah, you're entitled. Hey, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I think, right. I think with 57, I think you need to go with an offensive lineman at that point. Um, okay. I need, I want, I want riches at the offensive line. I want to be able to move guys in and out. As you know, you know, it's injuries left and right. I think big depth offensive line wise is what you need. I'm looking at guys like Donovan Jackson, maybe in the second round, that could be, that could be a little too early for a guy like him out of Ohio state. Um, also, I don't think the center, the, refresh my memory on his name, the center from Wisconsin. I don't think Whipple, he'll be around. Whippler? Tipman. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's going to be around, although I do like him as well. There's one offensive lineman I do like, and just because of the versatility reasons, um, Nick Broker from uh, Ole Miss. He plays interior, plays outside. He can move. He's experienced. He's been there yeah. before. He played center, too, as well. I think he's a later, though, pick. I think he's more towards the fifth and the sixth, fourth yep. and fifth round. Uh, but I would go offensive line right now. I, I mean, off the top of my head, you're shooting at me for number 57. Give me Donovan Jackson. I don't know what his projection is, mm-hmm. but, I, I mean, that could be a stretch because it looks like he's probably going to be taken in the second round. So I would Ooh. go offensive line. Love it. Well, that's Brian Rascone from WFAN with your the sneak peek into, like, two <laughs> rounds of the draft. But guess what? Uh, he's going to be with us um, on, on draft night and, and 70 other of you nut jobs are be with us on draft night. So, so am I getting a time slot? Is that yeah, what's happening? Yeah. Ah, okay. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Very I'm, nice, I'm nice. going to give you a time slot. In fact, I might, I wasn't supposed to let the cat Craig out. Craig doesn't even let me check the schedule. He's like, you're coming on Thursday night. Brian, time, time slot. You're on for five hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, because you want to co host? I was trying to, well, I was trying, I was trying to get him on. And then he's like, wait, you want me for a time slot or the whole show? I'm like, no, I want you for the whole show and the time slot. Brian, me and Truth have to use the bathroom. I'm down. I'm down for it, guys. Whatever you guys need. We can't have dead air. You know I had a mean? lot of, yeah, I had a lot of fun. To, oh, I, I, I could talk until forget it. My wife. No, I love it. I love it. Guys, shoot, listen, for you late night freaks, or maybe you live in a different part of the country, because we do have two toes in Italy and we've got, a, we've got Mark is in the Caribbean. We got people all over the place. Um, Brian's on tonight, 2 a.m. He quote unquote graveyard shift. Check it out. He might be talking some Giants. What are you talking about tonight? What's the? I mean, everything's on the table tonight. I mean, look what happened today with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. That's on the table. You got the Mets and the Yankees. Great trade. Yankees are going on right now. And you know what's great about that trade, too, is that there's there's a compensatory pick in 2024, but the Jets can't really get hurt by it because if Aaron Rodgers plays over 65% of the plays – Right then, they then they get the number one pick, the Packers. If he plays under sixty five percent of the plays, they get the number two, the second round pick. Right. So basically, the Jets are saying, well, if he plays over the sixty five percent, we're obviously going to be doing pretty well, I would yes. think. Right. So you're going to get here. Congratulations, Packers. You're going to get pick number 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Because you would have to think with the way that roster is constructed, unless something happens, unless yes. a bomb hits the Meadowlands, I think the Jets are going to be a pretty good team this year. Yep. So I, the- I think it was a great move from Douglas. Uh, and listen, we knew it was going to happen, but I think what they gave up was, and the way they structured it was great for the Jets. I really do. Real, real quick, is- Brian. I'm sorry, real quick. Does that put now uh, Douglas in position to trade Wilson now, maybe on draft night or before, just before the draft, to get another pick somewhere? I mean, you would think that Zach Wilson's going to going to request it eventually. He's going to still think he's a starting quarterback somewhere. He's going to want to prove himself. So you would think it's just a matter of time before he's out of here. I, I would. Yeah. And then, you know, the Jets could fill the, the backup role with somebody coming later on in free agency. But um, once the dust settles after the draft, which also 
this this move that the Giants made today for the defensive tackle surprises me a little bit because a lot of teams, once the draft is, you know, draft week, they're all locked into their war rooms. It's it's a little odd to me that Shane went out and signed a free agent today, the week of the draft. You don't normally see that in the NFL. It makes you wonder. Right, it makes you wonder. Two, two, two things. One, the best news of the day actually is that the Rangers just tied the game. I so, saw that. I just saw so that. that that that's that's the most important thing. The second thing is, is this, and this is kind of a thing that we always neglect to talk about is Brian, this deal could have been done four weeks ago, and it was like, hey, we're gonna announce this, like the business part of it could have been done four weeks ago, right? Chris, right. we talked about it. That's they true. could have yeah. done like they said, don't let them out of the building. It could have been done four weeks ago. And he's like, Look, I've got all this over here to take care of the next three weeks. And it's just formality. You're done. You're off the table. Here's your deal. So it looks weird, but like it could have been done weeks ago. That's true. Could have been done in principle and just announced today. Absolutely. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because because yeah. I doubt I doubt they have time, like you mentioned, with everything going on four days from now. Right. I right. doubt like I doubt this was like something that just happened today. Right. You know? Right. I mean, I mean, the Aaron Rodgers thing you knew had to happen today because the draft picks were involved. So you knew it had to happen this week. But that, yeah, I just, yeah, I just thought it was a little weird. But that makes sense if it was done in principle and then they just finalized it today. Or yeah, whatever. I'm, you know, because again, like this is their second year, you know, doing this. They probably already know, holy shit, we don't want to be doing anything different but draft the week of, you know. So this thing was probably done and it was just a formality like, hey, we're going to sign this on the on the 24th. You know, it'll, it'll, it'll break up the draft talk around here, you know? So, um, just, it could have been a physical. Think about. What's that, been a physical. I'm just thinking maybe it was a physical, right? I mean, maybe he had to get his medicals done. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. He could have been yeah. on vacation for all we know. Right, 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 right. So anyway, thanks for watching another episode of NY Giants Rush, nygiantsrush.com, uh, Instagram, Twitter, you know, all the socials were on there. This will be live on all the, all your podcast platforms. So if you're walking the dog or you're on the <laughs> treadmill, check us out. Uh, all the interviews are all up there on YouTube. And Tuto asked me if Brian was on YouTube. Brian, do you do anything on YouTube at all? Not yet. No, I do not. No. Nope. All right. Well, well, Tuto, maybe he'll just be part of the Gi Giants rush and you can get him on YouTube through us. <laughs> there you go. Who knows? Who knows? Or, li or listen tonight on the free Odyssey app. Or go. listen tonight on the free Odyssey app because you're in Italy and it's the and you're up because it's two in the morning there. Right. So why go to bed, Tuto? <laughs> Just listen to Brian in a couple hours. Ciao. Um, but that yeah, but thanks for hanging out with us, Brian. Definitely we'll we'll do some more stuff in the you know, we'll definitely be reconnecting with you, especially we're gonna see you in three days on the draft show. So guys, I really had a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Nice. Finally talking to you and meeting you guys. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. 100%, 100%, guys. Truth. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in Thursday draft show. Catch it here. Uh, rush Twitter and rush YouTube. Peace out.